1: Hey yo, how many people are here to see WCW? And how many of y'all are here to see D-A-D? And welcome to Day After Dynamite, your Thursday look back at all things that happened on Dynamite. Last night, we're here on Fightful Book. I'm Will Washington, but I'm not alone here. I am actually joined by a man that I have known for quite some time. I've been hosting podcasts with this man off and on since, like, 2007. He is fully Bay Diaz-Vera.
0: Ah, I say the name the same way all these years as well. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. It's, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited to talk wrestling with you again. Uh, especially... Uh, this is my first time doing it in a sort of like a, a video setup. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I was just going to film in my room. My room is a total mess. So I, I took over my living room and I'm like, I need something in the background other than my life. I just put like Stitch and Tails back here. It's just like something to put in the back.
1: <laughs> hey, that's perfectly fitting for you, by the way, because uh, for those who don't know, Felipe Diaz-Vera is also the host and he's been hosting it for like 10 years now. Uh, almost 10 coming years. Coming in October, it, yeah. October, yeah. He's <laughs> uh, been the host of Generation Anime. Animation um, over at fanoff.com, and yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, it's it's a big week for Generation Animation, is it not?
0: Uh, Yes, indeed. Uh, For those unaware, uh, Generation Animation is a podcast dedicated to all things uh, animated—movies, anime, TV, and even shorts and things like that—and it comes into play this week because. this Sunday, we'll be airing our annual Oscar special. Uh, we review every single film and short na- uh, nominated in the animated category, so best animated film and best animated short film. Uh, we also discuss the snubs, which I have a lot to talk about because there's three Disney movies in the best animated feature category, which is BS. And so, uh, what are the three, sing, by the way? Uh, Raya and Canto Luca.
1: Um, I mean, I guess. Those are all... I don't know. Uh, they're, I guess... They're,
0: all, they're fine. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, and Kanto's great. As a gay guy, I love Luca. Uh, but Raya, over some of the stuff that got snubbed, I have a lot to say on. And I'm going to save that for uh, Generation Animation this coming Sunday, uh, fanoffmedia.com. Uh, or just generationanimation.com. That link still works. Yeah,
1: fanoff.com yeah. works too. It's uh, it all works. It all um, works. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Like you and know so check about
0: that website, Will.
1: I, I do know a lot about it. Uh, I mean, I, I hosted there for sixteen years as well, so uh, I definitely know that. But this here, like five I'm full with you. Uh, five, like
0: yeah. With you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I know, right? Uh, all between... Yeah. I mean, I, I knew you back uh, in the Zone Radio right, and the days. MV, and then MV Zone, D- Zone Radio. The MV Zone, Zone yeah. And then uh, that went into us hosting uh, RBR together uh, for years. And now I've got you here on Day After Dynamite. And yeah, if exactly. you uh, want your messages read on Day After Dynamite um, and you want to help support what we do at Fightful Overbooked, um you can uh, send us your super chats and your... Uh Humper Chats, um Humperchats.com. Uh we get a bigger cut of that here at Fightful, so that's helpful. But if you want your messages brought up on the screen with the fancy graphics and all that, um send us a super chat. Uh and yeah, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be fun. Um So we're talking AEW Dynamite. This was a much anticipated episode for a number of reasons. St. Patrick's Uh, Day Slam specifically. Patrick's Day Slam. So first things first, St. Patrick's Day Slam uh, took place live from uh, Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas. I'm familiar with this venue because I've been there. Uh, That was the home of NXT TakeOver San Antonio, which I went to uh, Royal Rumble weekend uh, in San Antonio, Texas, uh and that was the night that bobby rude beat uh shinsuke nakamura for the nxt championship so i know this venue i knew this venue going into it and i was prepared for a lot about this show except for one thing and i had all the questions i know that nothing in pro wrestling is done for no reason but i couldn't help but notice i don't know if you noticed Immediately, as soon as the show started, and we get the entrances of Adam Cole and Red Dragon, that the ring is smaller.
0: I only noticed it because I follow you on Twitter, and you brought it up the cage match. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I blew mean, I I this shit out. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 it's something from a casual point of view you wouldn't really notice. I did notice a couple of people on Twitter saying, like, is it just me? Is there more room outside? Uh, but it's something that from just me watching on Dynamite, like, honestly, until I just scrolled down my Twitter feed in between commercial breaks, didn't even cross my mind.
1: I mean, part of why I noticed is just because, uh, it's really like the way it takes up the screen and something felt weird with the way it was aligned with the, the fans. And yeah, I just, I couldn't help but notice that it was a 16 by 16 ring, which isn't abnormal. Impact uses a 16x16 16 16 ring. Well, it's 16 by 16 rings are pretty much um, fairly normal outside of um, major televised pro wrestling. Like WWE uses 18 by 18 AEW traditionally uses 18 by 18 um, AEW has used 16x16 16 16 rings in the past. I can think of two occasions that they had, um, which was the Nightmare Factory tapings from April of 2020 and the Jericho Cruise. Uh, that show also had the smaller ring So uh, it's, it's Not a huge deal but it was just Jarring uh, to see it And I couldn't help but wonder What was up mainly because uh, As I'm thinking to myself They wouldn't do this for no reason They just wouldn't I, I cannot see a scenario Where uh, AEW Was like ah let's not use our normal ring And I thought there had to be Something and all my brain kept thinking Is but what uh, because the there were questions being asked, like, oh, is this because of the... Um, is it the ring, perhaps? Uh, or is it the cage? I thought, no, they're using the same cage. You can see it at the top. And yeah. that's an 18 by 18 cage. I don't think it's the cage. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But I thought about that, and I thought, if the cage is surrounding it, though, then all of a sudden, you have... Uh, are you reading the chat? Is yeah. that what the yeah. group <laughs> <laughs> was I thought so? Ancient memes. Uh, sorry to distract. <laughs> I saw your face react to that and I thought, uh, <laughs> okay. Um,
0: but, yeah, just in case you're wondering, yes, I am reading the chat. Or anybody who wants to interact in the show.
1: <laughs> yes. Interact with the show. Uh, thank you, JJ. Um, definitely ancient memes. And, hey, I, I like. Uh, when, when people, especially JJ, JJ's great, met JJ, uh, just last week in Orlando, uh, at the, um, AEW Fan fest uh, right before, uh, the night before Revolution. Yeah. So, uh, and of course I've met JJ before that. we met him, I think we both met him in, um, yeah, cause you were there. Yeah, uh, I was uh,
0: at the WrestleMania meetup. 35.
1: In... Yeah. yeah. 2019. Um, and so uh yeah anyway let's talk
0: for the oh yeah go ahead oh yeah the the reason for it about the about the the ring being smaller
1: yeah so the the reason for that ended up being that uh they needed to get out of the ring during the cage match how do you do that without the (laughs) the, the the, I,
0: i i thought they were trying to do like a Not really Hell in a cell thing. When the moment I saw them step outside, it's like, oh, they're just gonna like you know ram each other into the walls and that kind of thing, which is exciting. Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize when once they like, oh, they're calling back to well, we'll we'll talk about it specifically when we get to it. Oh, they're calling back to the lights out match from a year ago, which they did a lot in this show.
1: Yeah, and so what they ended up doing was, you know, if you lose a foot on each side, what they ended up doing was moving the ring to the Um, one side of the cage, or I guess so it's touching two sides. And as a result, you now have two feet on um, two sides of the cage, and then um, the other two are touching it. uh, And that's like just enough room to kind of give you exactly what you need. Um, And then... uh, So, let's talk about some matches. And we will start with the opening match, which saw Hangman teaming up with jurassic express to take on adam cole and red dragon what did you think of this
0: so i'm not gonna lie it was a lot of fun uh there was a lot of crazy like planned spots they did throughout the triple moonsaults in the corners were was a great moment the double doomsday device was great uh luchasaurus is so fun and i feel like people kind of forget about him because everyone talks up jungle boy uh, as, like, you know, the highlight in the future, you know, he's one of the pillars of AEW, uh, but man, Luchasaurus is really good at doing what he does and I don't know if it's just that maybe just being in a tag team with someone like Jungle Boy kind of hides his flaws but, like, I just really enjoy whenever I get to see him in the ring do what he does and he worked really well with Red Dragon and Cole in this
1: um, I don't know, I don't, I said this on Twitter yesterday, uh, because there's a lot of people who just don't like the guy, right but I genuinely feel like he connects. He is completely connected with the fans. I think he's got one of the best hot tags genuinely in the business.
0: Uh, between his power moves, tail whips, nip ups, all the crazy shit he does, he's he deserves it.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Like, obviously, he's not my favorite wrestler. Oh, shit. I just realized my tongue is, like, super red. I've been sorry. Um, <laughs> look, guys, it's that season again, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> It's Starburst Shelly Bean season. Literally, have a bag right here.
0: Uh, in case you're wondering what I'm enjoying at the moment, I got myself some Warther's original, <laughs> discounted from Publix.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, no, though. I, I, but yeah, I was actually a fan of this, uh, and I like the scenario that um, this is a trio in Adam Cole and Red Dragon that hasn't been beaten yet in AEW, as no. far as we're concerned. This is the best trio they've got
0: i am one thing that did bother me is just that like jungle boy has eaten how many pins from adam cole at this point uh it has to be at least three i think
1: yeah because they had the singles match and then they also the tag matches
0: and i feel like the moment that like adam cole had the uh, red dragon adam cole had jungle boy it in the middle and they did the total elimination followed by and the boom like yeah it's over it's done and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, because they they they're pinning Jungle Boy again. And I I, I get that you can't pin the world champ in this, uh, but I I don't know.
1: And it's Luchasaurus not- is also a little bit harder to pin. Now I I feel like there was to, to me I don't really see a way out of this because I think on one end I think giving um, Cole and Red Dragon the victory to me seems like it was designed to set the three of them up to challenge the others for the titles to give because uh, i think we're just four weeks away from battle of the belts 2 yeah. um that's
0: right i was i keep thinking about double or nothing and because uh, that's what they've been mainly promoting uh, right so i'm like but oh yeah, yeah there the... is something between then
1: yes battle yeah. of the belts 2 happens april 16th i want to say uh so literally <laughs> a month uh is when that takes place and that is Happening, uh, Dallas, Texas, and I think they maybe want to give this one a world title match because the last one didn't have one. Um,
0: I I agree mainly because I don't want to see Cole, like it feels like they're already building to having Cole Hangman again because it's like the it's a fluke. It was, I haven't lost any other. I don't want this feud to build to another pay per view. I feel like Battle of the Belts is the best way to cap it off right then and there.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what it's gonna be is Battle of the Belts. Uh and then we move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you put these six guys in a match, you know it's gonna deliver. Uh I am liking seeing Hangman perform more week to week because for a long time it just wasn't happening. He was having uh he had the couple of Bryan matches or just this year he really only had the Bryan match and then Archer. And, then, and I feel like
0: that also Brian called him out on that to the build-up yeah. to the Brian match. Like, I'm here every week. Where are you?
1: Right. And and, and Hangman had, had said himself, he was like, I want more matches. Give me more matches. And so far, we saw him have a match at... Uh, oh, so the, what? they We had the six-man match on the go-home to Revolution. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the match at Revolution... And then he faced Dante Martin the following Wednesday, and then this match. So, like, in a very short time, like, Hangman is back to being a weekly performer, which is what I've wanted to see out of him. And uh, so, no complaints here.
0: This was a fun match. This was great. Um, I was about to say I like all guys involved, but just for a personal standpoint, I just never liked Bobby Fish uh, mainly because his name is Bobby Fish. Uh I went to TPI two thousand six in Midlothian, Illinois.
1: This is a very Felipe for those who don't know Felipe <laughs> Diaz Vera, by the way, uh this man when you talk about like promotions AEW was built for, like, it's definitely Felipe Diaz Vera because oh, this a man a moment
0: later in the show that is like this is specifically catered to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like this this man taught me so much about indie promotions and indie wrestlers over the years that I feel like most of what I've known over the last uh, oh my god, 15 years I've known you I picked up from you talking about certain independent wrestlers and there's certain names that like once they finally popped up on a larger scene, I'm like, oh, I know this person. This is somebody that Felipe Diaz Vera would talk about. And where it's like Johnny Gargano's name pop oh, up. And I, I'm like, I
0: oh, think came I, to a point of like, why are you so obsessed with Johnny Gargano whenever I would bring him up in RBR? Because he's good. He deserves right, it. Right.
1: <laughs> right. But but the moment that Johnny Gargano starts popping up, you know, it, where I finally see him, I'm like, oh, this is a guy that Felipe Diaz Vera talked up. I know who Johnny Gargano is. And so uh, so it, it, it's been a blessing having Felipe in my life and having somebody who who knew independent wrestling. But anyway, the point he's about to make about uh, having seen Bobby Fish, or I guess not Bobby Fish, in uh, Mid-Lothian.
0: Yes, I saw him at TPI. Honestly, don't even remember who his opponent was. But I remember, because TPI is like, if you know the Battle of Los Angeles, PWG, before that, the big... Taking independent wrestlers from all over the world and just making a big-ass tournament thing was the Ted Petty Invitational in IWA Mid-South. And I just remember being bored during Bobby Fish's match. And again, he's gotten a lot better since, but I am I just – and my brain is still like, you're the boring fish, man. I don't want to see you on my TV. And it's just a personal bias thing that I've never – gotten over there's sometimes you just have a person you just don't like just because you don't like them and uh and i have to sometimes admit like i have no real reason for hating bobby fish but <laughs> i i just do <laughs> Fair. i hate the boring fish man uh,
1: but either way the i mean this match overall gets a really solid b for me i think that uh didn't do anything particularly wrong i actually did like uh, and, and I like that it was pointed out on Twitter that, like, the spot's been done a million times. I know Lucha House Party's done it before, but, um, as far as the uh, the triple moonsault spot, um, I like that spot, especially between three guys who do moonsaults but yes. typically uh aren't they do it in a ring as well. Yeah, uh, they
0: Jungle Boy did it from the top. Uh, no, Jungle Boy did it from the second, Hangman did it from the top, and Luchasaurus just did it from the apron, which means right. didn't think it was going to be all three at the same time.
1: And what's cool about that spot to me is that all three of them do that individually. It's not like a, oh, all of you are doing things that you don't normally do. That's a spot all of them do. And for them to have all done it together at the same time, but all in their normal ways, I thought that was really creative and really cool. Uh, yeah, this is a solid B for me. What did you think?
0: I, I agree on B. The uh, thing is, this is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed watching it. It's a great way to start the show. Um, the only, like, the only, my only really drawback this is like you see the finish coming from a mile away, because of the fact that uh, you know they're clearly building something up. Jungle Boy's gonna be the one t- eating the pin because that's what he does when he faces Adam Cole apparently. Uh, but other than that, I had really no true issues with this.
1: Yeah, no, it was just fun, um, and that's and there's no harm in that. Um, not everything's gonna be an A. This was this was solid. There's and... nothing wrong
0: with having fun in wrestling, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and so, uh, yeah, there was that. Uh, we had Keith Lee backstage looking super sharp. That fade on Keith Lee, way better than mine at the moment. I have to. Uh, Call my barber here soon um uh, no but...
0: comment considering i'm finally growing my hair out again so i'm in th- i'm the wrong person to talk to yes
1: <laughs> nah keith lee looks super sharp though and uh they were um basically now uh, uh continuing up the feud with team taz and Keith
0: starks is so good yes He's just he clearly controlled the moment uh keith lee i i'm curious about why they're keep because Keith Lee is is good, he's fantastic in the ring. I love seeing him. I I like the idea of him feuding with both Starks and Hobbs, but putting him against Ricky Starks on the mic week after week, it's like, you know, Ricky's fantastic, and but by contrast, just uh, a one sentence like I'm gonna punch, I like I punched you in the face last week. See you next week promo from Keith Lee, doesn't hit the same.
1: hmm Um. Yeah. I don't know. Uh. It's. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I am curious to see what exactly the plan is for Keith Lee. Like, I, I you know, I saw the vision that r- right off the bat, it's like, okay, we've got two big men, two big black men, Keith Lee, powerhouse Hobbs, big meaty men slapping meat. We oh, got to get there. We got to yeah. see that. Uh, how do we get there and how do we get there quickly? And so uh, that's where, that what we moved while, while into Hobbs, immediately.
0: Is, while Hobbs is the obvious opponent everyone wants to see, it seems like this feud is more with starks so what does lee take the ftw title off of him? it
1: seems like we've transitioned starks possibly over to somebody else that we'll talk about in a minute actually we'll just talk about the segment now Uh, because later in the show um the acclaimed are backstage i was all smiles i I was (laughs) all smiles through this segment we had um the acclaimed uh, (laughs) and max Castor called himself a no limit soldier uh and (laughs) uh, Junior. Line. He said, your Cleveland Jr. looking ass uh, was um, Anthony Bowen's shot at Keith Lee, which like, yeah, kind of. Uh, and then uh, Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs walk in and... Um, they tell them it's a big stop opportunity all these new people coming in yeah stop all to these new it. people coming in taking our spotlights um and I thought about that and I was like yeah all those guys kind of came in around the same time uh Starks Hobbs, and the acclaimed were all 2020 hires that came in in the pandemic era and uh, the early parts of it and so uh they've been there quite a long time it doesn't terribly feel like it but they really have all four of them and then in walk swerve, uh, who I was once...
0: worried if like like doing that mid promo where the Who's House Swerves House thing would just catch on because it was like it made sense to happen at the pay per view where like every AEW fan in existence flies out for those, but like you uh, know, in San Antonio where it's just like an AEW TV taping, I was wondering if it was gonna catch. Luckily, it did,
1: it, it did, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he uh, he said, if we turn it into Who's House, Crowd Chance Swerves House, he walks off. Anthony Bowens is like, isn't that guy a rapper? And <laughs> and then really quickly, right as it cuts off, Ricky Stark says, Swish a house. And I labbed so hard at that. Um, the fact that he dropped the Swish a House reference on television, and on top of that, um said it so nonchalantly <laughs> uh that that segment was just genuine perfection to me and that's where i feel like things are heading Where like um to counterbalance so you got the two big men in uh powerhouse hobbs and uh and keith lee but then on the other end now you've got two mike guys in yes. swerve and ricky starks and i think swerve that's where they're going with have
0: teams before uh, uh-huh. there's an infamous clip on youtube from when they performed in uh, ott in ireland where Swerve like snapped the neck one of the wrestlers, you hear Keithley going, "Oh my god!" Like that's from <laughs> them teaming together. So,
1: damn. Uh, <laughs> okay. Like I said, there's always something from Fully Baby Vera. Just a wealth of information. Um, I am
0: an obsessive with independent wrestling, and I do not apologize. <laughs>
1: uh, and so yeah, uh, I I like where that's heading. Um, but in the meantime, speaking of liking where things are heading. Uh, and guys that got over that I weren't expecting to. Uh, we had John Moxley and Brian Danielson versus Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta.
0: So, before we talk about the Yuta stuff, because I feel like this is where most of this conversation is going, I remember I talked about there was one moment that I felt like specifically tailored to me about this match. Yeah, I know where you're going with so, this.
1: <laughs>
0: Chuck Taylor gets a hot tag in the match. First thing he does when he isolates Brian Danielson single half crab. <laughs> Which he never does in AEW. The reason why he pulls that is because Brian Danielson has tapped to Chuck Taylor single half crab in Chikara's King of Trios in the late 2000s, where Team Fist of Chuck Taylor, Johnny Gargano, and Icarus beat Mike Quackenbush, Brian Danielson, and Johnny Saint via half Boston crab. So the moment like. I got Brian Nelson in the ring. Half Boston Crab, he'll tap to this. He's like, oh, you're calling back to old-ass Chikara. <laughs> what the fuck, Chuck Taylor?
1: That rules. No, that, that, that's great, though, because um, I Even only because knew – such a
0: wrestling a... nerd company, and, like, that kind of stuff doesn't matter to the average viewer. But the people that know, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs>
1: And you know what, though? You know, there's this whole conversation about who wrestling companies should cater to. Should they cater to casual fans? Should they go for hardcore? Should they make references like that? I am of the belief, especially the last couple of days, that wrestling companies should cater to whoever is willing to spend money on it. (laughs) And, And that's literally it. And obviously, AEW has an audience that's willing to spend money on it. And... Uh, this was one of those things. Chuck Taylor tweeted about this, that he was going to go for that. So I only like halfway understood the reference because he had mentioned it beforehand. I didn't know about um, late 2000s Chikara. Uh, but somebody, uh, when Chuck Taylor said, I'm going to try and beat him with a single leg um, Boston Crab, then somebody posted the picture of uh, Brian Danielson and that single leg Crab. And I thought, okay. So I actually did get the reference, but only because Chuck Taylor mentioned it. Uh, he I
0: also don't follow Chuck on Twitter. I, I, may, I don't know if I do. may I just missed it, but I didn't. I wasn't expecting it. So when I saw him go for it, it's like, "Oh, you cheeky fucker!" <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, it's it's funny too because he said uh, when AEW posted this graphic, Chuck said that uh, this looks like uh, somebody's fourth-year EWR game gone rogue. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> like, nothing about this makes sense. Uh, like, if you, if I showed this graphic specifically to you, Felipe Diaz-Vera, just, like, five years ago.
0: I, for, like, first of all, I would have no idea who Wither, Yuda, or Danhausen are. Uh, <laughs> secondly, w- what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like nothing about this makes any sense but i mean from a uh, just a number of places like uh why is regal not in wwe why is brian danielson wrestling why is brian danielson wrestling chuck taylor on television what is orange cassidy what the hell yeah like so much of this is just like over the uh,
0: shave his head
1: yeah so much of this is just like the last 2 years of wrestling just like pounded in your head of wow well, a lot's happened in the last couple of years. Uh one minor thing about this
0: this is just the best friends dynamic in general that I kind of have a minor complaint about. Uh, mm-hmm. first of all, I I love the best friends. I think the as a as a faction they're a lot of fun. Danhausen, I get that he's injured, so you he's just kind of just appears, cursed leaves and people love it. But I feel like his best is when he's on a mic, put him on commentary. Put him in a backstage segment. Everything he's done for AEW where actually talks is either on the pre-show streams or like for live crowds. And I feel like you've got Danhausen, who's really smart at using his comedy. And you hear people complain about like, oh, A, uh, why is AEW hiring this just like weird guy that just points and like? Because that's not what Danhausen does. And I'm, I'm. I I want to give good faith because that was also the problem with Orange Cassidy for the longest time. the The draw about Orange Cassidy is what he does in the ring, and so it was like a what like a year of just Cassidy just kind of hanging out, thumbs up, leave before the Pac match happened, and he and everyone went. Well, past.
1: yeah, well, it wasn't even a year. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, I guess from Dynamite till uh, the first revolutions that so we're talking October to February, so. it was, four or five months
0: yeah but i i'm wondering if they're trying to slow, do the same slow build but the problem is they did that because it turns out orange is fantastic in the ring and conveying stuff don't get me wrong denhausen is a good wrestler but he i feel like he excels in character and even injured you can use Danhausen as a character on tv uh yeah i, 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 I can say too. that about a lot of people that aren't on tv but i feel like specifically with denhausen because they feature him a lot as just that guy that hangs with best friends
1: Yeah, I have no idea where they're heading with any of that. Um, It's interesting that uh, I feel like the idea here was to put – because one thing is um, Trent's injured, so there's that. Um, And so I felt like the idea was putting Brian and uh, Moxley against an established team, but – not putting them against the established portion of this team. So therefore, like they got a victory over the best friends as a group. They didn't get a victory over the best friends that we know as the tag team. Um, shout out to Regal and, on commentary, by the way. Yeah. Regal on commentary was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and a uh, shout out to, to Reg on Twitter uh, where he noted because Regal, uh, he sat on commentary and he gave thanks to JR. Cause he, like, you know, I gave the thanks last week to Tony Schiavone. I want to make sure I let you know how much you did for my career. And then he said into the masked gentleman. Um, you've done nothing for me. Yeah, you've done nothing for me. And Reg was like, Uh, excuse me, you rated PWG uh, for all of his talent. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he did plenty for you. <laughs> um, but uh, either way. So I... I thought that was a, a fun yeah. observation. PWG, another promotion I wouldn't have been familiar with if not for Philippe D'Svera. Um yes, uh, But of course, the
0: star of this show was Wheeler Yuta.
1: Yeah, um, so that was what I was going to say was it felt like Wheeler was in this match to kind of be, I mean kind of, he to be the fall guy uh, simply because uh, you know, it was like hey, he's not the established member of Best Friends, so he can be here to be the fall guy. But it the crowd really got behind him really got behind him um throughout this match to the point of where i was not expecting you to chant at all uh and for it to be as big as it was and uh in a match with brian danielson and john moxley at that
0: it's it's the way that the match was set up where like basically near the end of the match chuck taylor took i was about to call it a dirty deeds took a paradigm shift uh to the outside and so he was out for the rest of the match so it was just Yuta versus these two scary ass wrestlers that you don't want to be alone against but he he kept going and that's what people are like yeah you you teach him you like they were cheering for him and, mm-hmm. and and like even uh when jr uh called out kind of like oh that's uh, more guts than brains and regal called him out. i was like no he has plenty of brains like he's mm-hmm. he's fighting for his for for everything he's got over here uh, like Throughout the match, even Rio kept pointing out, like, you know, oh, he's a tough one. Uh, perfect technique on the German suplex. Uh, I do love also the fact that they didn't hold back. Uh, like, uh, Moxley has wrestled Yuta. Like, th- this is also, I think, the third time they face each third other. Third time, yeah. So I like the fact that he was a we- a ready for that weird rebound uh, clothesline that Yuta does. Uh, and also the fact that I- Danielson throwing a regalplex in a match that regals commentating is a nice touch i'm I mean, a little teeny bit i mean they reference everything on commentaries. i can't expect them to just m- hit 100 percent where they don't recognize a regalplex but like in my brain like oh that's a regalplex nice
1: yeah um little references here and there and it's it is surprising that nobody on commentary uh called yeah. that out but uh yeah. but also yeah so the, the post match
0: uh, yeah, Yuta also technically still isn't signed. He's still like one of those like shows up in AW all the times, but he also works the independents type of wrestlers. Like, uh, so I'm wondering if this is like uh like mentioned in the chat if this is like a a way to kind of bring him in more with the post match stuff that you're about to bring
1: up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the post match, of course, saw best friends headed up the ramp, uh, but Wheeler stops and he turns around. And heads back into the ring, and the the best friends all kind of stare him down like, what's going on here? And uh, he gets back in the ring and uh, extends his hand to Regal, and Regal slaps him in the face. But the crowd eats this shit up, and the crowd chanting even louder for Yuta in a way they weren't chanting before. Like, I don't know what the plan for Yuta was, but... Um, I know that if it wasn't to move forward with something more in this program, it probably is now.
0: Maybe, because in the first confrontation vocal promo between Danielson and Moxley, Danielson mentioned wanting to tutor guys like Moriarty, like Garcia, like Yuta. Danielson has already faced uh, Garcia and Moriarty. This was his first time with Yuta. And Yuta was the first one to come back and go like, hey, I want in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is tying back to that
1: yeah and it was great and uh, I I hope that there is more and I hope then that Moriarty starts to look back and go yeah, I went in on this too and Garcia yeah Garcia uh, well, is kind Garcia, of preoccupied, yeah, preoccupied <laughs> in a segment we're actually about to talk about um but yeah this was I would say in uh, bringing in the post match, like this match as a whole, probably just would have gotten a C for me, just because um, it's a passable match. It wasn't really meant to do much of anything other than pop Felipe de Uh But <laughs> the, but I would say the post match and Wheeler getting over the way he did that moved this one up to a B for me.
0: Uh, I'm tempted to go A almost because I, I'm the, this is a, a borderline star making like they're 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 putting the wheels on the Yuta train and I'm all for uh, just referencing back to independence, stupid, the stupid, sexy Yuta. I saw orange Cassidy's show in New Jersey turning into this guy is so exciting for me. And I love the fact that crowds are getting behind him, that he's so entertaining. Uh, I love the fact that he has such an odd look for your standard pro wrestler. The fact that he has the long tights with just the shoes, uh, but he makes it work and people love him and I want Yuta to succeed. And I, I, I think this is a turning point where people are going to start getting behind Yuta. And I I am all in on Yuta being a more prominent feature on AEW television.
1: I am too. I like this. Uh, And then another thing I was not expecting to like. So here we have the Jericho Appreciation Society commencement uh, in which it was time. To uh, to basically do what we did with the Inner Circle the, on the second episode of Dynamite, where the Inner Circle made their way down, and Jericho cut the promo establishing who the Inner Circle is and why the Inner Circle is, and he dropped the line, stupid, uh, he said that's a stupid uh, catchphrase from Bad Creative, yeah, from Bad Creative um is and
0: it, wait, wait, the 2.0 name has been around since because they were the show in nxt weren't they oh
1: we totally know that the whole <laughs> point of this was because they now have another matt and jeff and uh, they yeah. these two can't be matt and jeff uh <laughs> and i think yeah. that's totally what this was all the funny about thing, is,
0: whenever I, I i in my brain it's like oh jeff stone i want to say matt parker but like isn't that the South Park guy? Uh, Matt uh, but, Matt
1: Matt Stone and Trey Parker, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, I'm
0: I'm I'm happy that the promo actually opened. We're reminding people, hey, even though Jericho's the mouthpiece of this group, 2.0 can deliver just fine on the mic themselves.
1: Yeah, uh, and 2.0 did. Uh, everybody got their chance to talk here, and. Uh, You know, the story came out a couple of weeks ago that Chris Jericho had filed the trademark on the name Sports Entertainer. So what was he going to do with that? We found out here. Uh, And Jericho cuts promo on uh, his career. This is the the latest. I'll tell you what I did like. Um, And it actually goes back to the introduction. They come out to Judas and the crowd is singing along with it. And they said, did you like that? You like that song? Well, there's one person you have to thank for that. One person you should be showing appreciation for, for that, Chris Jericho. And I thought, good way to bring that around. Especially if, like, starting next week, he gets a new theme. Yeah, we don't Uh, hear Judas
0: anymore. We don't hear Judas anymore. Uh, I did kind i wasn't i didn't know what to expect from uh, daniel garcia reacting to i'm not these aren't re- i'm not a wrestler i'm a sports entertainer thing because daniel garcia who for the record won bola this year um mm-hmm. <laughs> is like a wrestler's wrestler and he's for him to go like then i'm a sports entertainer too it's like oh you
1: that was Ooh. such a heel move <laughs> um and you know a- again it is playing to it, it's knowing your audience knowing what they're going to hate knowing that because like crowd was cheering jericho through this and like cheering most of what he was saying until the sports entertainer line and once he said that that got the crowd they were all of a sudden and they're having jokes in the chat by the way about uh oh, at bats. some point yeah we should have done a triple threat match matt jackson versus matt lee versus matt hardy um and uh, and shout out rob lee johnson versus lee moriarty um <laughs> versus Keith Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and Menard then
0: still a match. So you still have this match.
1: <laughs> you still can. Uh and also we can do um Isaiah Cassidy versus Orange Cassidy should happen at some point too. Um but anyway, you
0: got Adam uh, uh Christian Cage versus Ethan Page on Rampage not that long ago.
1: We did. And we got Adam Cole versus uh, Adam Page to main event and pay-per-view. And the crowd had so much fun with it because I was there. We we all had fun with that. Um, But, yeah, so Jericho, uh, he turns it around, though. He gets the crowd to boo the sports entertainer stuff. And, yeah, the reaction you see, Daniel Garcia grabs the mic, and uh, he seems like he's going to shut it down. But then he says, I'm a sports entertainer, too. And the crowd is so mad. So and
0: and Jericho explaining the story, which I know is going uh, to mean to death when he mentions January 6th.
1: Oh, <laughs> my God. When he said January 6th, I was like, oh, we're we just going here? Okay. Uh, I guess this is what we're doing here. And he explains the car crash that Daniel Garcia was in, 2019, and how Jericho... Um, donate it.
0: Yeah. And it turns out he was in the right to do it. First of all, uh, I would say just for anybody out there, if you have a pro wrestler you like and they're going through some shit, they, they tend to post kickstarters. You don't, I'm not, I'm not asking like, oh, just donate your paycheck towards it. But trust me from talking with a couple of these guys, uh, though that stuff helps. Um, when Jimmy Jacobs, uh, messed up his leg uh when the age of the fall stuff started happening uh i bu- uh i bought an eight by ten from him and he was very grateful for that shit like wrestlers appreciate when you do that kind of thing even if it's just a dollar you know that it shows that you're willing to you see them as more than just like a a, a t-shirt like you know you're, you're showing character for them so i know this is kind of a sidetrack but it's just if you ever see those type of things happening and like hey can you help me out with medical bills because independent wrestling doesn't make a lot of money unless you're like on the upper echelon of that kind of stuff. So I'm just saying help those guys out. Uh,
1: and speaking of donating a dollar or so, I got a super chat from Rob says, hide the garlic bread. Um, here's the thing I've been hosting with Felipe a long time. So there's references here that are going to make no sense to a lot of people. (laughs) And, uh, and that's probably one of them. That is a very old reference.
0: Can I say something that uh, I, I wanted to get off my chest, and now that I'm no longer affiliated with RBR? Uh, whoever the the hell is running the Diaz Foods Twitter, uh, at first I thought it was funny, but then when your first few tweets are like, buy my tacos, I'm like, I've never expressed any liking on tacos. Or, is that
1: a... yeah, it? feels kind of racist. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, you know. It's maybe, uh, nobody has tweeted from that Twitter account forever, but when people search my name on Twitter, it's my account and then the DS Foods account. And so, whoever still has that thing, uh, please just get rid of it. It's an old joke. Just
1: don't yeah, I'm looking at that now. <laughs> DS Foods. Yeah. Uh, de- delete DS Foods. Um, although, I did successfully get an account taken down that was a parody of me. Um, and yeah it eventually and it was like old parody that was like old references and shit uh and had like a really old picture of me and it hadn't been posted from in like seven years and it was really easy to just report it and it was gone uh so that's one okay um and ricardo uh says hey yo here's some love for thunder rosa uh Shout out, Thunder Rosa will get people, there in a moment. Some
0: people were a little disappointed that there weren't a whole ton of Scott Hall references on Dynamite. But yeah, it was honestly, really just, there yeah, were two.
1: But,
0: yeah, but, uh, but I think that's that's more than enough. Uh, especially because nobody, like obviously the people that did had some connection with Hall. Uh, but like, I feel like th- this group doesn't have, like who, who made who made the tributes I think was worthy because Scott Hall did work with Britt Baker in the past. Uh, Ethan Page is not on this show. And so he would probably would have done one if he was on this week because his finisher is a freaking edge. Uh, mm. But, you know, I feel like they did what they needed to do to shape, uh, pay respect and then move on. And like, you know, that's all you can ask for. You know, I love, I loved Scott Hall too. I am a Latino from Miami, Florida. You think I didn't love Razor Ramon? <laughs> <coughs> like,
1: uh, all right. So on, on to the next thing. Um, we had the TNT title on the line. Scorpio uh. Sky taking on the former face of the Revolution, taking on the new face of the Revolution, Wardlow. Uh, and uh, I know a lot of people. There were basically two camps on this one. One who Knew exactly where this was going, and another who thought, "Oh, Scorpio Sky is going to be shortest reigning TNT champion." Um, and
0: the fact that MJF didn't show up last week at all should have been the, the tell. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: and even still, like I think it was probably easy to predict that Wardlow. I don't know. I never saw Wardlow versus MJF involving the TNT title in any way, shape, or form. Um, MJF has never really expressed an interest in that title. Uh, MJF has always kind of expressed wanting to go for the world title, and it still seems like that's the belt he's talking about. And so I never saw this feud involving that belt in any way. I think I could see Wardlow eventually getting it, uh, but not here. Um, I also did point out yesterday on Twitter, uh, when Cody had tweeted about, um, he wasn't happy that Wardlow lost the face or won the face of the revolution match but then lost his title match. And I pointed out of every of all of them, I believe AEW has done 5 casino battle royales. They've done 2 tag team battle royales. They've done 2 tag team casino royales and they've done 2 face of the revolution ladder matches and they've done 2 casino ladder matches. Between all of them, only one person has won their title match and that was hangman after winning the casino ladder match but otherwise all of those big contender matches they've done and they've done a lot of them now one one person has gone on to win it's actually more in line with what's taken place to see Wardlow not win Yeah.
0: yeah but even still even if they don't win the title match it's a good indicator of like who they're focusing on because you know scorpio sky to quote him grabbed the sonic ring last year uh, and you know, he was undefeated for a long time and he got his TNT title. Wardlow winning is not just necessarily the title match, which he lost. Unfortunately, it's because he is the face of the revolution. He, mm-hmm. it, it's, if it's not obvious, we're going to see a lot more Wardlow over the next few weeks and I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Especially uh, because I were probably not going to go straight to MJF because it seems like they've been like seeding that we're going to get Spears first
1: oh yeah he's got a slaughter spears um i I do appreciate you bringing up the sonic ring by the way because as soon as you did that i thought of um either one of them grabbing it and then uh immediately getting hit with a
0: someone did a botchmania ending where wardlow grabs the ring and this gets transported to the sonic one special stage with yeah that's fucking
1: great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that rules um uh, yeah so uh I, yeah. this match in itself uh this match saw Scorpio Sky make his way out to the ring uh with the uh, so Dan Lambert has the other TNT title uh that part I wasn't expecting
0: yeah because uh, <laughs> I was wondering if they were like Scorpio's guy kept bringing up, like, Is it one belt I'm going to carry. And so it's like, yeah, so what's going to happen to the other? Are they just going to get rid of the intro? I was like, no, Dan Lambert's going to wear it around now just to <laughs> <laughs> just shove yeah. it in your face a little bit more.
1: Right. Um. I mean, because, yeah, they did get a second belt made. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Scorpio was carrying around the single belt. and uh, But he did have America Top Team with him, um, including the newly signed Paige Van Zandt. Uh, but Wardlow was going to take on all five and he mostly did, uh, the match went through a commercial break. When we came back from break, it was powerbomb symphony time and the crowd was buying every little bit of this. As soon as he hit the first one, crowd chanting one more time, he did the roll through. And when the roll through hits, you know, this match is over. Uh, people thought Scorpio sky was about to get squashed. Uh, but then How come Sean Spears? Sean Spears with the distraction. Uh, They make their way out to the ring. um, And while the ref is distracted, MJF shoves uh, Wardlow into the ring post. Wardlow makes his way back in, gets rolled up. One, two, three. Scorpio Sky still the TNT champion. He retained. Which,
0: yeah, Scorpio needs to keep it at least a little bit longer. You can't just, like, build up this title win, this undefeated streak, and... I thought, I, the thing is, the person that beats him, I don't think Wardlow needs it.
1: He no. He doesn't
0: at all. I and like I think
1: would, Scorpio's ahead. reign, because Scorpio's fully capable of it, I would like to see him have a few banger title matches before we get to whatever the ending of his reign is going to be. I feel like he also needs to take the belt into the forum in L.A. Uh, for as long as AEW went without an L.A. show, all their L.A. performers need to be on that show. And he is one of them to have, if you have a show go by in the building that the Lakers made famous and you don't have the biggest Lakers fan on your roster on that show, <laughs> <laughs> like at some point yellow, I keep, <laughs> I said he needs, like, I want to see the golden purple belt. I feel like if Miro got one, I want to see, uh, give it, I would do a gold strap. And then turn the, the champion banner purple and that be Scorpio's belt uh, as the Laker fan. And he brings that belt into the form in LA. Uh, but either way, I want to see him have a few banger matches. Like off the top of my head, singing, who has Scorpio not faced yet? Because the thing is, it's been a while since Scorpio's had like a banger match. Um, the most recent one I can think of is his TNT title match with Darby, which was... Because like Men of the Year versus Darby and Sting, phenomenal match. But when I'm talking about like a banger wrestling match, that was Sting and Darby, and it was really good. That match is phenomenal. If you uh, not Sting and Darby, uh, Scorpio and Darby. If you haven't seen that match recently, it's really really good still. Uh, and that's one I'd like to see, um, again. I would also like to see Scorpio and Peck. Uh, that's another one that you can do there's a few people on that roster where you can really throw out like yeah. who are baby faces right now who Scorpio could afford to beat um yeah. there's a few of them I'd like to see
0: yeah speaking of death triangle Penta uh Penta versus Scorpio might be fun
1: yeah there's a few you could do uh so uh whenever you can do them uh those I would like to see done uh but yeah MJF makes his way in with the dynamite diamond ring um, he clocks Scorpio Or not Scorpio He clocks uh, Wardlow And then uh, Wardlow also takes the chair From Sean Spears uh, <laughs> MJF
0: pays off Dan Lambert <laughs> And he pays
1: off Dan Lambert um, And even though Dan Lambert Should have been paying off MJF When you think about it Because Dan Lambert is the one who walks away Saved here The hell did they really do To uh <laughs> I, they I, needed I just, MJF in this situation. MJF did not need them.
0: I, I guess it, maybe it was just a bonus for like saving MJF's ass when he was alone with Wardlow. The pop when he went for the powerbomb on MJF <laughs> before he got clocked in the back with a steel chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, when it happens, when yes. it happens, it's going to be nuts.
1: Oh, yeah. People are absolutely going to want the... Uh, the mjf powerbomb symphony they're going to love it uh and just go for the full-on 10 at that yeah. point give them 10 power bombs and <laughs>
0: you should do it sean spears honestly <laughs> just 10.
1: i think 10. you're on to something <laughs> yeah. i think you are on to that one i think you're right that it should absolutely be sean spears gets hit with 10 power bombs and the crowd chants 10 10 10. Oh, that rules. That's going to be amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that match now. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Um, let's check out uh, some more on the uh, Super Chat front. Um, we got another one from Amir. Amir says, uh, you think MJF will win the Casino Battle Royale at Double or Nothing this year? Uh, I don't know. Double or Nothing is so far off. You know, We're still uh, two and a half months away. A lot can change um as far as double or nothing is concerned i kind of think double or nothing's main event now is probably going to be cm punk versus uh hangman
0: yeah punk has been uh mysteriously off tv uh since winning the mjf feud and i feel like he's gonna wait until cole loses his rematch and probably at the end of double the battle of the belts you'll see punk just kind of walk out and like you and me yeah let's do, do this
1: time uh yeah. And whew, <laughs> no matter what like there, there's a lot you can do there, um as far as this match was concerned, uh I don't know this was a C, um mainly because the yeah. it the wasn't crowd,
0: a the crowd just wanted one specific thing, and they didn't get it and but that's what it was built for,
1: yeah, uh and then. And I see uh, some people who are tuning in late. Uh, and <laughs> you know what, though? Makes me feel really old still when somebody says they were 12 listening to that old oh. version of RBR. Ow! <laughs> Ow. <laughs> because...
0: <laughs> Ow! <laughs> uh,
1: no, that's okay, though. Because you're still like, I'm guessing, Matt Rogers in the chat, who... I'll bring that up on the screen. Said, Will Washington and FTV back together, 12-year-old RBR listener me, is beaming... Um, so what, I'm guessing you're now 22?
0: I'm assuming you listen to the show with Parent?
1: Yes, because (laughs) I believe the rules of that show are are stated at the very beginning of every episode. So, uh, there's that.
0: Uh, But this, this isn't RBR, this is Fightful, man. We're here to have a good time talking about some dynamite here.
1: Yes, uh... The day after, Um, (laughs) okay. Let me pull my results back up uh, because um, they continue to build. Sheeta versus Deeb. I don't know what they're building to. My heart wants the Iron Woman. uh, The Iron Woman match. That's what I want. I feel like they've had five matches. Now they're two and two. There's only one way to finally. Or they've had four matches so far. There's only one way to finally settle this at 2 and 2 and that is the uh okay thank you um <laughs> <No worries. clears throat> and the the way to do that is uh Iron Woman yeah, match that's to. what I want to see
0: Sheeta and Deep have been pulling absolute bangers against each other uh I feel yeah,
1: like yeah I-, I pointed out uh, sorry, I was saying, I pointed out earlier on Twitter uh, that the the tournament match from the TBS tournament still a favorite of mine.
0: Yeah, I honestly believe that no matter how they decide to end this feud, Iron Woman sounds like a good idea. Uh, two out of three falls might be the simpler thing they go for. Uh, I honestly don't know what they're going to specifically do, but I feel like just the way that these two work together is fantastic, and I honestly feel like like Sheeta has no we're wrong. I think Deeb, especially with the the stuff she's been doing on Rampage, with the five minute challenges she's been doing, is fantastic. And the fact that she's getting the spotlight is worth it. But we, I feel like they're building towards Sheeta versus Cargill.
1: Um, like, maybe at some point. Uh, I don't know. I feel like she, I feel like Cargill is being built for somebody new who hasn't been seen yet. And there's a couple of people. Um. That I, I have just feel like my the
0: Cargill's going like who's left? I faced everybody, and I don't think Cargill's faced Sheeta.
1: Right? I yeah. I don't know. I feel like, uh, but that's why I feel like the who's left line is more so uh, gonna bring in somebody new, and I can't help but wonder who that's going to be. I have my hunches. Um, like Athena comes to mind immediately. Um, I know Tony Storm's um contract isn't up yet, or her ninety day isn't up yet, yeah. uh, so she's another one. Mia Yim is up. There's a few options you can go with there. Um, you can also go with Mercedes Martinez, yeah. who helped uh, who helped Jade win the belt, but all of a sudden now yeah. is a babyface, and she owes her one. There's a few places it you can go. would be
0: interesting if Deeb wins the feud, if she's the first one to go after Thunder Rosa.
1: Yeah, I could see that as well. Oh, that was a the thing they built here, because um, I do feel like the person going Who's probably going to beat thunder rosa uh maybe a newly reinvented chris oh. statlander because I was we wondering, saw what's, uh, she's getting
0: she took out the makeup and the and the lens it's like uh it sounds so like she's no getting repack- the alien stuff
1: yeah it sounds like she's getting repackaged um and that there's a little bit of frustration uh because they were showing her high profile losses In this video package that she lost uh, in the TBS tournament. She just recently lost to Layla Hirsch. And now she, and then of course she lost to Britt Baker, where like she keeps getting there but losing and what's holding her back. And she wiped the makeup off and took the contacts out. Sounds like we're getting a new Chris. And she wasn't with best friends at all.
0: No, she didn't show up at at ringside at all for the match.
1: So, sounds, sounds like we're getting a new reinvented. Chris Statlander. Uh,
0: No aliens in chaos. If you know anything about chaos in New Japan, it's like anybody that joins the group leaves immediately. See Wheeler Yuta, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It's just what they do. (laughs)
1: Uh, And Rob said, Red Velvet, full circle. I mean, something's about to happen with Red Velvet, uh, such as using her theme song uh, in the mix, which is uh, produced by uh, me and... (laughs) Uh, something I'm that she had a promo that looked like it was in uh, an old basement from the '70s, but uh, <laughs> she talked about uh, her match coming up this Friday with Legit Layla Hirsch, which means, ladies and gentlemen, this is potentially the first time that right now, right gets heard on television. It's been on Dino dynam- I mean, it's been on Dark, it's been on. Uh, it's been on Elevation. Elevation. It has not been on TV yet, and I am ready to hear my song on TV.
0: DVR that shit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I can,
1: because it also is airing oh, after right, the, NCAA. the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I know, uh, right? So On
0: one hand, if it's like a hype basketball game, it's a pretty good lead-in for the show. Uh, because March Madness, uh, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. People don't know college basketball in march is nuts Mm -hmm. uh and so there might be a lot of people watching and then once it wraps like here's some pro wrestling maybe layla versus velvet is the opening match and then that'll lead to a lot of people Uh, i'm
1: pretty sure darby versus butcher is the opening match but that's okay uh that said um and yeah graham in the chat uh asking what happened to shanna uh shanna um, was she's one of the only people who's been released. I know that there was some kind of incident with her um, and she had also had some pretty harsh hard, hard right wing tweets and so it was like eh, it's yeah, she's kind of problematic. she's she's gone. uh she is not in the company any longer. and that's pretty much that. Uh, but Most before people, we get. Uh, just let their
0: contracts run out as if you listen to Chavo Guerrero tweeting nonstop. <laughs> uh,
1: but the thing is, Chavo was never under contract. He was on a pay by appearance um, kind of deal. But uh, so who knows? But uh, before we get to the main event, we had one more match. We saw the in ring debut of Matt and Jeff, the Hardys man that picture really does look like it was taken like 15 years ago uh matt and jeff took on private party the first thing i want to say just i am so happy for mark quinn and isaiah cassidy if you've ever heard them talk about their heroes the reason that they became a tag team it is matt and jeff hardy and then when you hear them talk about which version of matt and jeff hardy then it'll just make you feel old because they were like, yeah, when I saw Matt and Jeff team up in 2007 and take on John Cena and uh, and Shawn Michaels for the tag titles, and they beat them, and I was like, that's like, that's like nostalgia run Hardys, but <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> but for uh, some people who started watching around that time, I get it.
0: Uh, a, a part of me kind of wishes, like I I feel like they like a part of me feels like there is a little bit of like, they could have built this up a teeny bit more, maybe done Butcher and Blade first and then bring in the history of the private party being Hardy fans. However, I have nothing wrong with them being the first match out and just going balls to the wall.
1: So Uh, I'm of two uh, lines of thought on this. Um, On one end, I thought, would I have wanted to see more of a build? Yes. But then I thought, but haven't I seen... whole lot of build because the the build was already there and the with with everything that's been going on that led to this and then i also had the thought recently we are in and i said this on grap city that we're in this time period right now uh where a lot of change is going to be happening in wrestling because aew is reaching three years and a lot of those guys signed three year deals and could get snatched up elsewhere. Uh, and in thinking about that, we just watched Cody leave the company and is probably going to debut yeah, in WWE.
0: Big story about Janela not wanting to resign his contract.
1: Right. And so the thing about the, the reason I bring up Cody was because Cody was a guy who left a lot on the table right there you know we sat around talking about oh you know one of these days we're going to see Cody versus CM Punk we're going to see Cody take on Hangman we could revisit Cody and Omega uh cuz we haven't seen that since Ring of Honor uh we could see you know Cody versus MJF never really like they it got fin- they had their one match but Cody even said in a promo that he wanted his hands on MJF again uh and there it felt like there was a lot left on the table with cody that just never really happened and now all of a sudden he's not the company anymore and that really changed my mindset of do i want to see any company sit and wait on matches that could potentially never end up happening because uh people's contracts can expire and all of a sudden this match that you sat and waited on all this time just never ends up happening. You believe we didn't get to see Cody versus CM Punk. Like, literally his last promo was about the pipe bomb. And <laughs> Cody versus CM Punk didn't happen. Cody versus Brian didn't happen. And, yeah. and I there's just... There's
0: also the, 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 the ever-present threat of injury in uh, mm-hmm. pro wrestling as well. So yeah, there's I, so I actually, many things... The more I'm thinking about it, the more I think you're right on this.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? If you have the ability to do a match, and your fans... I've also said for a long time, this applies to Dynamite, Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, not so much NXT. There's no such thing as free television. Somebody's paying for it. People are in the audience paying for it. So when people say, oh, you gave this match away on free TV. No, you didn't. No such thing as free TV. Um, because uh, somebody in that audience paid hundreds of dollars for those seats. Uh, so at that point, there is no giving a match away. Do it for your audience. Do it for this audience that paid for it. And in that sense, when I saw that this match was happening, I thought, what more do I need build-wise? Um, I guess maybe some video packages. But for the most part, I saw what I'm going to see. And here we go. Hardy's versus Private Party. Uh, like I said, I felt so happy for Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. Because these two have been dreaming of facing the Hardys on television. Their whole careers. And it happened. And the Hardys. That music hit. Gigantic pop. Tony Schiavone goes. I've never called a Hardy match. And I thought. Holy shit. What the <laughs> hell? Yeah, he was, You've he never was, called.
0: He was, Hardys were only in one place the whole time. While he was commentating. And then I'd ne- there was no weird nostalgia run in MLW or anything like that yeah so (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: yeah it was like I really am hearing like Twilight Zone shit because like hearing the Hardy Boys most famous theme loaded playing with Tony Schiavone calling it on TBS none of this makes (laughs) sense like I said if I described if you described this to me just five years ago I would think that the planet glitched and something has gone terribly wrong the the matrix is way off and wrestling doesn't make any sense anymore and but no the hardys were here uh in full hardy's gimmick they can't use the name hardy boys that's okay that's fine
0: hardy's works more than enough well
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes they're the hardys which there was a period in wwe they weren't using hardy boys and
0: um yeah because they were called the hardys in a few uh times in yeah
1: movie. i remember when they reunited in uh, I,
0: just, just, I specifically remember tony chimmel calling them the hardys
1: yeah oh six oh uh, seven yeah. uh run they weren't the hardy boys they were the Hardies. and i always remember because like the titantron looked really awkward because they like pulled up their old hardy boys titantron and then in like really weird text with like as many um, strokes as you could put over it to cover Hardy boys. Uh, it just says the Hardies comes over the screen, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, that was clearly a fix. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, Marcos. It's they're men, not boys now.
1: Yes, <laughs> the Hardy men. Uh, like Another <laughs> no, they're they the Hardys. are
0: men.
1: <laughs> uh, although, shout out to Garrett Kidney who pointed out on Twitter that. Jeff Hardy is five years older currently than Michael Hayes was when he was managing the Hardys in 99. Uh, so, the holy shit. Uh, that blew my mind for two reasons. The main reason being, Michael Hayes was that young <laughs> in 99. <laughs> because I was like, well at the first I was like, wow, the, the Hardys are up there in age. And I was like, not really. Jeff's like 44, right? And then I went, no, that means that Michael Hayes was only thirty nine, managing the Hardys.
0: He didn't do any favors uh, with the way he he dressed. Yes, like he's just like, "Hey kids, what's going on here?" Was showing the matching clothes to them and that kind of thing. Just not a good look. But yeah, this match was a lot of fun. Uh, JR, I think at one point in the match is like. Oh, how do you prepare? How do the Hardys prepare when their offense is so famous? But the thing is, that's kind of what made this match so fun. It's like, yeah, everyone knows what the Hardys do. They did poetry in motion. They did the double back elbow into the fist flip combo. Uh, Jeff did the whole like uh, inverted atomic drop sweep. Name a city here. Leg drop to the abdomen. Like <laughs> he did all. He did. Oh, all
1: the I, I loved. I loved him doing the uh, the famous split leg leg drop. And um, Isaiah Cassidy screaming as oh! as Jeff's coming down. That was great. Because, uh, you know, he always throws it in at least once a match. It's usually just once. But what yeah. spot was he going to throw it in with? The fact that he threw it in there was fucking hilarious. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, sorry. I'm stuck on the Michael Hayes thing again. Oh, so you need to tell me when he was Doc Hendricks, he was only like 34. He was my age doing that gimmick what okay I, I what <laughs> like <you>. that <laughs> sorry uh my brain is just he was younger than me doing that i'm third i turned 35 this year
0: of uh, the Chess says ps had 50 years of drinking under his belt in 1999 <laughs> yes it might, might have made a reason
1: yeah uh joe pearl sick thirty thirty four 34 going on 50. uh yeah like that what? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doc Hendricks was that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's uh that that rules. I, I
0: do uh, know. Uh, getting back to the match, so I can try to distract you from all this PS Hayes talk going in your head right now. Uh, I know a lot of people were a little worried about the fact that Jeff kind of undershot that swanton a bit. Uh, it did look like he barely cleared it, uh, but I don't think that's a sign of anything bad necessarily. With of him being in a, like, oh, people thinking like, "Oh, is Jeff in this mode now? Is he in TNA victory mode, road mode?" No, he's not. He probably just undershot it because he oh. hasn't wrestled in. Nine
1: no, days. <laughs> actually, there's more of a story to that. Jeff's told this story before. This is just people not paying attention. He's been doing the swanton like that for like three years, um, and Jeff specifically told this story. That the swanton, the way he used to do it, um, he would put the landing of it on his lower back, and that caused a lot of his lower back problems that he has now. So now he can't do that. And so what he does now is he puts the, because he said the brunt of the impact used to be on his lower back on the mat was where most of it would take place. And just years of doing that have worn his lower back out. So now he said he puts the majority of the impact on his opponent. And he talks with his opponent beforehand, make sure they're okay with taking the majority of the impact. And so now he is avoiding bumping his lower back on the mat and simply undershooting it in order to land more on his opponent. And his opponent is prepared for that. He's been doing the swan Tunnel for like that since like 2018. And he explained that in an interview that the reason is because he's trying to avoid landing on his lower back now Um because he has lower back problems now. That's been Jeff Hardy for a long time. That's funny because <laughs> like,
0: I, I, I've read the Hardy Boys book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a great story about when they were shooting the uh, – it was a video game commercial where they were – where like – I think it's the one where Kane hits like a home run and they're running and then Matt and Jeff Hardy like leg drop uh, just random baseball players through tables. And Matt Hardy would go like, okay, so to protect myself, I'm pretty much just going to be flying and sitting on you. Be prepared for this. I'm sorry where Jeff is like, no, nah, I'm going to actually leg drop him. And if you see in the commercial, he shoots backwards, lands on his head. <laughs> like, I was mm-hmm. like that's not uh, it, it's not a good look on you. So it's funny how all these years, um, Jeff has finally started to be like, okay, I got to take care of myself, not just do what looks good. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's just funny considering like how Matt used to rag on him about that in, in the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, by the
0: way, for the record, if anyone wants to re- reach out for it, it goes right up until this the where V one just started.
1: Right. Um. So we got another super chat. This one is from Kai. It says, "I had ten dollars on Rosa losing via a tweet to Joe Pearl. Uh, how long does the rain last, and who dethrones her? I'm hoping Britt gets it back, but I could see Tony Storm coming in hot and picking up a W. Um, I don't know if you're noticing, but like a lot of especially on the world title, uh. Like, and when I say world title, that refers to three titles. The tag title, women's title, um, and the AEW world title. Um, thinking about the world titles in AEW, they've been really good about rewarding their longtime performers. Like, Thunder Rosa, uh, you know, she's been signed with the company officially for just a year, but... She's been with the company basically since yeah, since then, uh, since, stuff. since August of 2020. Um, she was pretty much backstage at every event, didn't go anywhere. Uh, she's been with the company since 2020. Um, and then we think about Brit and and cheetah and Nyla Rose, Riho. You think about the world title. Everybody who's held the world title has been there since the beginning. AEW hasn't really done the bring somebody in and crown them champion thing, uh, and I honestly don't think they will. I think there there definitely is kind of this like reward those who have been there a while. Um,
0: like the only one that was kind of bringing win the title was kind of moxley and even then like that was a there was a long and to be him. fair
1: moxley's been there since day one like he wasn't there at the original press conference but the very first AEW show had john moxley on it yeah, so like, like, he, like you know
0: like when uh ruby soho came in she didn't win the title right off the bat from coming in no. like you know they've given
1: shots to people day one but people haven't really won day one stuff and i feel like AEW. It's really trying to make sure that people feel rewarded for their time. Um, like Jurassic Express is the tag team champions, the Day One team. Uh, Ty Conti and... was
0: on pay per view this week. She's been with the company for like giving them like great dark matches for like two years now, mm-hmm. and so they, they reward her with these pay per view outings that just like people are like, yeah, Ty Conti.
1: And so that said, who do I think dethrones her? I think it is going to be Chris Statlander. I think it'll be the repackaged Chris, uh, somebody who's been there almost since the beginning um how long does she hold it i don't know
0: do you think with this heel turn and this build of layla hirsch that they might be teasing it maybe maybe not
1: maybe a title match know. but not a not a title i don't think so yeah um but anyway hardy's in private party uh that one gets a b for me simply because i was happy for a private party to get there uh I and read on r- this end as well yeah i was happy for him um it was cool hardy's got the uh the crazy thing was um jeff's hot tag still a great hot tag those guys fully understand
0: everyone, everyone was anticipating it especially because a it came off a great move with a uh, private party about the poetry emotion just side effect in midair great stuff and immediately, like, everyone in the crowd knows it, the commentary knows it knows it. Like uh JR's like, this is gonna be the hottest tag of the night. And Shivani's like excited for it. <laughs>
1: like yeah, the, God, the crowd God
0: bless Tony Shavani. Like, he is like it feels like he's like he's like the heart of AEW right now. Like, how no, excited I, he gets over this
1: shit. I love Tony shivani I think Tony Shavani, like what he brings to the table to me, is like almost the lapsed fan view of, like, somebody who's been so detached from all of this for so long that, like, huh, I've never seen the Hardy Boys, even though they're a 25-year-old <laughs> act. Ah, huh, I've never seen these guys. This is great. And, like, just the way he gets, like, excited for this stuff. Um, and, like, you know, Excalibur brings the the technical expertise and then JR brings the, uh, the long-term expertise to things. I like them as a team. Uh, but... I really feel Tony Schiavone, like, when I hear him get just, like, excited about silly shit, it's great. I love it. But the thing we are here to talk about, Felipe Mm Diaz-Vera, is the main event. Yes. As Mark Henry would say, it's time for the main event. We had the AEW Women's World Championship. Man, that's a beautiful title. The Women's World Title on the line, inside a steel cage. Again, we talked earlier in the show about the smaller ring that came into play here. Yes. The Thunder Rosa with an incredible mariachi entrance, all-female oh, entrance. <laughs>
0: uh, so the fact that it's all-female mariachi is actually very interesting because uh, uh, I live in South Florida, very Latin-centric. Uh, I myself am not Mexican. I am infamously Cuban half, Cuban, Chilean. half Chilean, yes. Uh, but there's a wide melting pot of Latin America down here: Ecuador, Nicaragua, uh, and Mexico. Uh, and so I have seen my fair share, especially because uh, there's a taco place not far from where I work of mariachi. I have never seen; I didn't even know there were female mariachi. Uh, again, that's probably just because, like, uh, it's not my culture personally. i have just, but I've just been adjacent to just. I've seen mariachi, I've had mariachi, I've met mariachi, I've never seen a female mariachi. Like, oh, that's cool as hell. It's all, it's all because, I don't know if you know, the hardest part of being a mariachi is whoever is playing the big ass bass guitar, (laughs) they're plucking and they have to hold upright while saying like, dun, dun, dun. It's like, you gotta have some power to hold and play that thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really cool way to introduce, um... Thunder Rosa into her adopted hometown, and uh, and then her music hits, crowd goes nuts. uh, She makes her way down. She's in full paint,
0: full face paint. Yeah, full face paint. Done that in
1: AEW. Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, props to. (laughs) Uh, AEW's production people, I know I saw some people slightly annoyed with it Where she posted the pictures of her with the title And everybody's like, hey, these pictures were taken Before the match Because your yeah. face paint isn't affected You because... didn't have But you know what That' Not even the first time AEW's done that And also like WWE's done that as well Um, Because the, uh, the Time that sticks out to me Was when after Finn Balor won the universal title. He's shown celebrating. uh, He's got pictures of him in full on demon paint that had to have been taken before the match because the demon paint was all worn off by the end of the match. And he's got the belt with him. (laughs) And it's like, okay, this is very clearly taken before the match. Um, Same with the Bucks, the young Bucks. Uh, There was a graphic of them that was very obviously taken with the tag titles before they won uh, the tag titles i just <laughs> and... think
0: from a kayfabe point of view like they just ever before every title match is like here you got a chance just in case here's your picture and it's just like yeah there's like somewhere I mean, somewhere I, there's I, a picture of warhorse with a tnt title
1: they did it like, b- yeah <laughs> <laughs> they did a bit on bte with that where um they were having everybody take pictures with the belts and like brandon cutler like grabs the world <laughs> title and he's like okay, Uh, and like everybody laughs at him, I'm like, uh, because it's like, there's not a chance you're ever going to become world champion, Um,
0: get Brandon Cutler on the LA show, (laughs) did you watch the dark match with the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus Dark Order,
1: I did, that was hilarious, yeah, Uh, but yeah, and then out comes Britt Baker, Uh, they hadn't even updated her Tron, it still had the old belt in it, yeah, (laughs) And I thought, okay, what's the point at this stage? Because
0: Look, it's, it's obvious, but sometimes there's nothing wrong with doing the obvious. If you no. just subvert the obvious, just say like, ha, you thought we were doing this, we're doing that. You're just doing it just to be contrarian.
1: Yeah, and in this case, that wasn't the case. They... Uh, they went out there, and this match was a lot of callbacks to the original match. This or not the original match, the uh, the, the, the third or the second match. match. The light, I forgot yeah. they, they faced each other uh, four uh, times.
0: Look, I, I get that the reason why this steel cage match happened was because of the, all the interference that happened at Revolution, but the but it feels weird that they kind of almost ignored the Revolution match completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to build up, like, yeah, a year ago this happened, and now they're finally going to get each other again, and it might be at the same level. Uh, well, I feel like they just wrestled each other, like, two weeks yeah, ago.
1: Yeah, I thought there should have been more reference to the fact that um, Britt wasn't going to have the help. Um, and, like, they started the match out, Britt starting to climb the cage, and JR notes, uh, there's no escape in AEW cage matches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... Uh, that it's it's all pinfall or submission. But yeah, as soon as they get out of the ring and grab the chairs, I thought, okay, that's the exact reason why they had a smaller ring because there would have been no way to get any of that into the ring without...
0: I, uh, I The callbacks to the Lights Out match, especially when uh, Thunder Rosa first went for the powerbomb because it's one of the famous spots where Rosa powerbombs Britt into the th- tax. And when the first time she goes for it, she immediately gets back body dropped into the tax. It's like, yeah. It was great. Um, I do feel like this match isn't as good as the lights out match from last year.
1: I didn't but think that, so But
0: that that is by no means an insult to this match. I think this match was fun. I think this match was great. What the fuck, Brit with that that Lego set of chairs you decided to fall onto, just like.
1: Yeah, I know because the uh, I feel like the anticipation for the uh, the what ended up actually happening was I don't know kind of. Kind of tame for uh, this anticipation of stacking all these chairs. And the crowd was like, ooh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's like, uh, that happened. Um, yes. And uh, I've seen people making fun of the, the stunner spot uh, where – It was
0: 316. <laughs> yeah. And I th-
1: I think it was supposed to be two things. It was supposed to be – Uh, a tribute to 316 and also to Scott Hall because the way that... She she jumped back when she took the center. Yeah, yeah, jumped backwards and taking it, I think was supposed to be uh, the um, tribute to Scott Hall. But yeah, otherwise, I thought it was really fun. I was really into it. I enjoyed uh, all of the callbacks to the Lights Out match. And uh, and I enjoyed Aubrey getting a moment here because uh, we saw... Paul Turner get super kicked out of the, the ring.
0: The, the super kick wasn't the bad. It was him getting thrown out of the ring and, like, yeah. bouncing off the cage.
1: And then that brought in Aubrey. Uh, so then all of a sudden, it's all women here. Uh, this is truly their moment. Um, poor Aubrey, by the way, though. Did you see the picture she posted? Yeah, she,
0: she did the, <laughs> the count in the tax. No sold it too. I was, I was like, yeah. she's counting in the tax, isn't she? Yeah, I uh, thought
1: that <laughs> as it was happening, I was like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And then she posted the picture of the, uh, you know, pro tip, don't actually count the three in the tax. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you got to just go with it. You can't stop. Uh, and I actually
0: thought that would have been a great spot if she started counting and then she, she got her hands taxed Like, ow. But maybe <laughs> yes. not for that specific count, but just in general. Mm.
1: Uh, but we saw um, kind of a spot we've been asking for. Uh, no one's done it yet, and we, we finally got a payoff. But Britt goes for lockjaw, and Thunder Rosa bites her fingers. Uh an old
0: mankind adage. Why don't I just bite your
1: fingers? <laughs> yeah, why don't I just bite your fingers? Like once it's locked, I can understand you don't have control of your jaw any longer. But before you, she locks it in, biting her fingers. Perfect. Uh, but. Rosa I wins. loved when she
0: had to switch hands because of that, and then Thunderosa just starts smacking her hand against the thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. Just, there's some really clever stuff happening in here, uh, and I appreciated this match a lot because of that.
1: Yeah, I, I the hot did crowd as well. didn't hurt either. Hot, very <laughs> hot crowd. This crowd was here for Thunderosa. Rosa. There were some DMD chants in there though, um, and it wasn't as loud as the Thunder Rosa ones, but some people were there for DMD. Uh, but at the end of the day, Thunder Rosa Got the victory. One, two, three. And is your new AEW Women's World Champion. Okay. She confetti got a big cannon. big confetti celebration. Crowd was way into it. Uh, I think Thunder went
0: on record that she wanted her title win whenever it may be to kind of call back to Eddie Guerrero's title win at no way out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like, uh, say what you will about what led to it, I felt like just her overcome with emotion your hometown confetti flying it's a good it's a great image
1: yeah i actually uh, and it's funny phantom's bringing this up because it's true uh but phantom noted in the chat that thunder rosa is the first mexican-born women's champion ever in a major american company yeah i had to look that up to to be certain but i was like so really never been a mexican-born champion and i went through the Raw Women's title, which was very easy because there haven't been that many. And the SmackDown Women's title, which was very easy because there haven't been that many. And Divas title. Uh, I went through the Women's title. I went through the Knockouts title. And I realized, yeah, the only other one is, like if you want to count Thunder Rosa holding the, the NWA, uh, NWA but I the NWA Women's it's title not is not on television. Um so therefore as far as what, are you a major count
0: lucha underground maybe
1: no i'm not uh, uh i'm gonna say even then a...
0: like uh women that there wasn't a women's title the only person that hold the title was tag titles Eva uh Ivalice. like i think that's the only one
1: mm, yeah well either way yeah. thunder rosa uh that is a really big milestone um and this is a really big moment she is the women's world champion there is a whole new dynamic all of a sudden because uh yeah, Britt was champion for nearly a year. Yeah. She wanted at last year's double or nothing. I'm actually glad she didn't cross uh Hikaru Shida's record. Uh <laughs> so Hikaru Shida continues to be the longest reigning um AEW champion period. So no this, one's
0: this can lead to a lot of interesting title matches too, because Brit has mostly been facing taking on the good guys at AEW. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and there's had, a lot
1: you can do with Thunder Rosa here of yeah. getting yeah, heels a have, chance. You
0: have Nyla, you got Layla, you have Emi Sakura. Like, you know, you can have some fun stuff uh, for her.
1: Time I over. thought about Emi Sakura. That was one where I was like, you know what? I kind of would like to see that. She's uh, been over on Dark, racking up wins. Bring her back to TV. Uh, that's one I'd like to see. There's a few. So I, I'm i all in on this. Yeah. And um, also,
0: they can all do face versus face. I'd like to actually see Rosa versus Ruby.
1: Had that thought as well. Uh, and... So there's a lot you can do with this. Uh, I'm just happy the Thunder Rosa is champion. Um, the title changes happen so infrequently. Although in 2022 we've had four title changes so- thus far, and all of them took place on TV. Uh, none of them have taken. Oh wait, wait, wait.
0: Uh, hang on. The-
1: so wait, wait, wait. I'm wrong. They've crowned multiple champions on TV. The first dynamite of 2022 crowned the TBS champion. Uh and then we had the TNT title switch. Uh first with Sammy winning it from Cody. We had also on that first dynamite, the tag titles changed hands. Also, uh Sammy lost the TNT title of Scorpio Sky. And then we just saw the women's title. All of that Took place on Dynamite. Um, there have been five title changes this year.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm. I say there's nothing wrong with it because it's not like we're not getting these big. Because again, like I feel like when they do the title matches on the pay per view, they're also super great. So, like again, just Hangman versus Kenny that happened on pay per view. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy win on pay per view? Uh, no, they,
1: they won went on. No, that was dynamite. Um, but what I was gonna say is, uh, I mean, arcing back to 2020, I'm pretty sure in 2020 every single title that AEW has changed hands on at least one dynamite, um, including the world title where Kenny won at Winter Is Coming. Uh, so it's this isn't new for them; they've changed the title plenty on TV. Uh, but I've got a couple more Super Chats to read. Kai says, respect to the performers. The match was incredible. I'm a fan of violence and crimson masks, and they deliver on that end stupendously. Ricardo says, oh, sorry?
0: No, I'll read that, and I'll get back to that.
1: Sorry. Yeah, it says, I love seeing these shout-outs to different cultures in AEW. Way different than the dreck of WWE's treatment of foreign talent. Kudos. Um, I mean, I, I'm just happy, um, yeah, and I'm they, happy they, they to see it. They
0: don't... They don't. They just let the wrestlers be wrestlers, and whenever they get a chance to shout out their culture, it's fun. Uh, but back to the point about uh, the cr- the crimson mask, because I feel like if Britt would have gone as hard uh, with the blading as she did during the first match, I think that actually would have gotten her more over. Because it's kind of what happened is that basically her bleeding like crazy and just like like just smiling at the camera, giving the finger, that kind of what kind of started push started like the Britt Baker is awesome, like, stuff. And I feel like if she would have gone as hard in this one, it may have stolen the spotlight a bit from Thunder Rosa. So I'm glad she kind of pulled it back a little bit and didn't go as hard in the red as she did last time.
1: Yes. Well, as we always do here on Day of Dynamite, we're going to turn to my dear friend, Brandon Thurston. And uh, Brandon Thurston, of course, reports the AEW ratings. So, they are out, and uh, this episode of AEW Dynamite um, did a whopping 993,000, with one particular quarter doing really poorly. What quarter was that? Really? Oh, boy. Something had to have happened here. This makes no sense to me, especially if you look at YouTube views. But if you look at the chart, and we'll see how that clears, you see that one big dip right there, right? That one big dip. Yeah. That's Hardy's and Private Party. Hmm. Which, of course, brings the whole average down. Um. That's pretty much the only quarter that you, Rick, wasn't you- up... Near a million. Yeah, uh, that one dipped to nine eleven. But I'm curious, what per, what happened with that particular quarter? That
0: uh, the only thing I can think of is is uh, did, didn't isn't March Madness starting today? Not yesterday.
1: Right. I'm yeah. Wondering. No. I I have no idea what could have caused that particular quarter to dip as badly as it did. When you consider that, if you take a look at um uh the YouTube numbers on anything the Hardys have been doing. You know, last week it was like, uh, uh, what, the Jeff Hardy thing did 2 million, I'm looking that up now, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, that one's up 2.4 million. The match itself will probably, uh, from last night, is going to cross a million on YouTube. So I am really curious what happened to that quarter. It's uh,
0: interesting that the, just the, the the shift between... Uh, what people watch on YouTube versus what people watch on TV. Mm -hmm. Because I know there is a bit difference uh, uh, sometimes with the AEW numbers that certain segments that do really well on YouTube uh, tend to blow up. Like, you know, anything that deals – that dealing with the Hardys right now did good. Anything hook-related blows up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I'm wondering if it's just a weird – just because it does bad on TV doesn't mean it did bad type of situation. Yeah, no
1: um so i I, but like i said i'm like really curious about that uh Uh, your
0: exit on the chat said basketball had the top four spots aw's next highest thing demo so there was basketball last night they're probably either playing games or maybe some really good professional games that happened yesterday i don't know
1: yeah who knows um either way uh it's a rating and, like, it's not even all that remarkable. It's that quarter is just particularly remarkable because otherwise it all looks pretty normal And that quarter. Um, just feels like a significant drop. Uh, but, yeah, as Phantom pointed out, that's it's a huge increase over last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's AW Dynamite for another week. This has been Day After Dynamite. Felipe, let people know where they can catch you again.
0: Uh, Well, uh, if you go to the wonderful website that is fanoff.com, I host a show called Generation Animation, which is a show dedicated to all things animation. Uh, We talk about cartoons, anime, movies, shorts, anything in between. We've done episodes on Flash cartoons from the olden, olden days of the internet um this coming sunday you'll be able to hear our annual oscar special where we discuss uh the nominated films for best animated feature and best animated short as well as the snubs i'm not gonna rant again <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh it'll be a fun time uh definitely check it out if you're interested in anything animation uh also if you want twitter takes on everything from wrestling to fighting games to just general me narding out about sonic the hedgehog shit uh, you can follow me at Felipe Diaz Vera on Twitter, all one word.
1: All right, Felipe, and also um, Generation Animation. That's a really cool name for a podcast. Uh, who yeah. who na- who named that show for you?
0: Ah, uh, is this guy that we used to call our executive producer? Uh, I I his middle name started with an R.
1: Uh, oh, oh, that's right. I named that show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. That's like one of my prouder achievements of of naming, when, of naming name of naming podcasts.
0: People ask me about my podcast, uh, and I bring up the names like "Ooh, that sounds fun." So it definitely yeah, no, is a catchy. Uh, help the two names also, of it's, naming it's po- good. To, it's good to have on merch for the record. Also. Yeah, <laughs>
1: honestly, thinking about uh, podcasts I've named, the the two that I'm most proud of are Generation Animation and grapsody uh and so that's yo we're um, just
0: rocking merch it's just, like, it's just
1: <laughs> yes like... <laughs> uh, um yeah did the, the same the... thing in
0: his episodes that's why i'm like screw it i'm wearing merch <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> those are those are the faves though but hey felipe Vera, always a pleasure to podcast with you i always want to make sure i get to do that at least a couple times a year of did course it a couple you know if, last year and
0: whenever you ring the call like um uh, much like Michael Jackson's Jackson 5, I'll be there.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right, I don't Felipe. know why
0: I pulled that uh, reference out.
1: <laughs> I know why that one. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here for another edition of Day After Dynamite. For Felipe Diaz-Vera, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great evening. Peace.